Love the nouns, love the pronouns, impersonal and personal. Love the words from ELFM. So you're listening to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM at Chapel FM Arts Centre from Studio One. A little later in the show today, we're going to be hearing an interview with the poet Charlotte Eichler about her brand new poetry collection, Swimming Between Islands, which is a, a real must if you like poetry. Uh, it's a lovely collection of poetry published by Carcanet. We'll be hearing from Charlotte shortly, but in the first instance, we're going to be talking to Sharina Lee Sati, who is a poet, but also working with the National Literacy Trust to promote something very special in our area in West Yorkshire, which is the West Yorkshire Poetry Week and a Young Poet Laureateship. So we've got Sharina on the line. Hello, Sharina. Hi there, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Not bad, thanks. Good, nice to have you on Love the Words. I've just been over in Leeds East Academy, actually, uh, with a writing group that I've got there, and we love working with the school, and they're a really fantastic group of young people and lovely writing coming out of of that. But you're going to be telling us about, uh, yeah, something very special going on. Uh, First of all, Sharina, tell us about your role with the National Literacy Trust and what you're doing there. Yes, I am a project manager for the Young Writers team at the National Literacy Trust and the project that I'm working on is the Young Poet Laureate programme. So I've been put into place to kind of help deliver this amazing project that's happening next week. Brilliant and and you are a poet yourself. Tell us about your own uh, poetry. Yeah, so I'm a poet myself. Um, So it's um, amazing to be able to work on such an incredible project that links poetry across all of West Yorkshire schools um, because that's been like one of my ambitions and dreams to to see come alive Um, and I've been writing poetry very much since I was in school so again it's great to be part of an initiative that can spark poetry um, in youngsters. What got you started? So for me it was more about um, my own personal life experiences so when I was a child I kind of grew up in a very dysfunctional um, childhood and background and there was lots of things going on at home but poetry was kind of my escape and it was something that kind of like sparked me um, as a child to just speak about things that I couldn't speak about but I could through poetry. Well yeah which brings us on to you know the poetry week so what what's what's happening in poetry week? So at West Yorkshire Poetry Week we have lots of amazing activities and things going across the whole of West Yorkshire schools so We have five days of exciting activities from online school resources where schools can log in online and look at um, online plans so they can check out how to start writing poetry um, right through the week to how to edit their own poems to then to create slams in schools um, to then finally be able to select their own class and school um, poet laureates. Um, And whilst that's all happening, we're also having poets that have been selected across West Yorkshire to go into schools to deliver in-person visits. So they're going to go into schools and speak about their poetry journey, speak about poems all across like West Yorkshire, different themes and how people can 
children can get involved into creating their own poems and um, sharing about their own personal life journeys as well of how they got into poetry because it's it's very important to share with these kids that a lot of them have this perception that poetry is kind of boring and um, it's kind of yeah it's a bit outdated so it's nice to kind of freshen that in these children's minds that you know poetry can be anything that you want it to be really and just inspire um, children to be creative um, and we also have lots of virtual events as well that will be happening from throughout the week from Monday to Tuesday to Friday um, with me leading one on Monday um, in our local library in Bradford. Um, again, to share poems and to inspire these children to get creative. Today on Tuesday, we're going to be in school broadcasting um, with the Mayor Tracy Brevin. And um, we're going to have lots of poets um, leading them because it's World Poetry Day. So we're going to have a, a World Poetry Day celebration. Um, and then on Friday, we're going to be celebrating the School Poet Laureate Day where um, schools will nominate a child from their school to come forward and share their poems with us in the virtual broadcast. So there's lots of things going on, which is going to be quite exciting. Sounds great. And uh, yeah, so first of all, how do how do people access these events? Yeah, so if they log on to our um, website at the National Literacy Trust and type in West Yorkshire Poetry Week, it will all come up. So all the events are, are all there, ready um, for people to just, well, for the teachers to access and the resources to access. Yeah, let's hope there's a, a fantastic bunch of writers get involved and all power to you. Great, great project. So thank you very much, Sharina, and all the best to you in your own work too. Thank you. So good afternoon and welcome to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM in Chapel FM Arts Centre in Studio One where I'm sitting with the poet Charlotte Eichler. Hello, Charlotte. Hi, Peter. Thank you very much for having me. And it's your first time here at Chapel FM? It is. My first time on the radio, my first time here at all. <laughs> well, we're very, very very pleased to be hosting you for your first radio appearance or whatever you do. We don't really appear on radio, do we? Anyway, sort of your, the, your first bash at radio. And, what, yeah, what, do you, what impressions do you have of Chapel FM so far? Uh, it's a really gorgeous space. Uh, thanks for showing me around. The the theatre upstairs is beautiful and the um, lovely stained glass. Um, yeah, I'm going to be back for sure. Good. Well, you're very welcome. Yeah, the stained glass is great, isn't it? Mm. It's uh, a bit special. It's always nice to show people around Chapel. It's really lovely and especially, you know, people have not been here before. So it's lovely to have you here. Um, we're here to talk about your first collection of poetry, which is Swimming Between Islands, published by Carcanet. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed the collection, Charlotte. And um, so I'm looking forward to, to, uh, to talking about it or, or listening to you talk Thank about you it. Thank you so much. First of all, um, yeah, I, I, we were having a chat beforehand and I, uh, I, you know, I went back to the cover because I was looking this afternoon at the, the book and thinking, wow, that's a, that's a lovely cover. I wonder who did that. And it says Charlotte Eichler. So <laughs> you are a very talented person. Tell us about the cover of the book. If Maybe first of all, if you could just describe it. Um, so the cover is a watercolour painting um, of, well, it's an impression of the Lofoten Islands in Norway, which I visited in 2014, I think. Um, and there is a mountain range and in front of it, there's a calm fjord and three little red houses, which um, Karkner have picked out very nicely with the lettering that they've done on the cover. Um yeah, so I, it's a watercolour, but it's a digital watercolour because 
um, in lockdown when I had more time on my hands than usual I taught myself how to do uh, digital painting on the iPad using Procreate and an Apple Pencil um, and I found it got me really back into painting um, in a way that I hadn't done for ages. I don't, I've always liked watercolours but um, yeah digital art really clicked with me so and so this isn't a painting that I did specifically for the book I just happened to have done it and I sent it to Karkana and they made it work really nicely I think. It works really beautifully and it fits in with the content of the book Mm. and the poems but um, you must have had some yeah as you say some painting experience in order to have the confidence oh yeah 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 I I'd always I hadn't just I'd actually been focusing more on poetry um the last 10 years or so before that I was definitely more of an, an artist and um, did art at school and really enjoyed that and so it's always been a hobby but uh, then I kind of got more into the writing side of things and I re- decided you have to focus on one thing or the other when you've got a job as well mm. so yeah absolutely well I mean yeah but it's nice to unite your both your, yeah, your skills yeah. and talents in, 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 in the book um, you've had Although this is your first collection, you've had other publications. Tell us about those. Um, the Yeah, just I had um, a pamphlet called Their Lunar Language with Valley Press that came out in 2018. I know you've got a book with yeah. Valley Press as well. Um, was that 2016? 2016, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they, they were a lovely publisher to work with. Um, so a lot of the poems that are in that pamphlet are in this book now as well. Um, and yeah, that that was good. Well, it's uh, yeah, as I say, and Valley, that, that is great, and and Valley, uh, yeah, a lovely, a lovely publisher mm-hmm. to work with. Well, perhaps yeah. we could start off with a poem, if you don't mind, if you could read one for yeah, us. Yeah, of course. Um, I thought the first one I read, read is a Leeds-related poem. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to RSPB St Aidan's down near Ferrybridge. Do you know, oh, frustratingly. Uh, for this conversation, I haven't. <laughs> but also, I was just talking about a friend of mine's just moved down to Rothwell, mm-hmm. uh, and I was talking about it. She said it's fantastic. I've it been there for years, and people I know people who swim there. Uh, yeah, in, the, yes. in freezing cold weather as well as summer. So it sounds lovely. I it been. is lovely. Go in April or or May, possibly. It's just it, there's reed beds, and it's really immersive. There's so many breeding birds in the reeds that the sound is just incredible. Like, go down and make a recording. It's, it's gorgeous. We will. Good excuse. Me and Alec can go down there, <laughs> have an ice cream. Good. Go yeah. for it. <laughs> <laughs> so the, so um, the site at RSPB St Aidan's used to be an open cast coal mine. Um, and at the top of the site, the first thing you will notice is a gigantic walking dragline exca- excavator machine. Um, it's in kind of compound, so you can't get up close to it, which means that little owls nest there and all kinds of other birds. Um, and it's just this huge, like a gigantic digger that drags the surface of the earth to get the coal from the surface. Um, and the nickname of that machine is Oddball, which is mentioned in the poem. And the title of the poem is kind of literal. It's Walking Dragline Excavator. <laughs> Oddball, a rare beast, gentle horsehead, inches up the slope on giant feet. The air's flowing backwards, upending itself in the ground, opening a map of broken hulls and pottery. The old ways. Hats, tobacco, malt, when the sky was a river of smoke. This is the place of the sunshine miners, the day bats, owls on the hillside at noon. Oddball stops on wooden pallets with moths who come out in bright weather. 
Kestrels nest in her cables, reed beds fill with the sound of blown bottles, edges creep with snipe. There, the gap-toothed power station in a wild carrot sky. Great stuff. There are lots of interesting you talking about your painting. There are lots of colours I, I felt in your book, um, in the in the in the collection, and lots of animals too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of animals. Um, but yeah, tell us about um, the title "Swimming Between Islands." Um, that came quite late in the development of the book. I the first poems that I wrote for the book were about islands because um, I first started writing poetry about 10 years ago when I it was when I went on this trip to the Lofoten Islands which I've just realized it's quite nice that that picture I did of it is on the front cover um I didn't realize that before and um so I hadn't I'd done some writing before I wrote short stories and things which never went particularly well um and when I was there I started just the landscape was so immersive and changing that I thought taking a photograph of it just doesn't really capture it in quite the same way so I thought maybe in writing like if I describe it and I just filled notebooks with images and ideas and that is sort of how the book started so it was all about these islands um and I so I wrote some about Norwegian islands and then Scottish islands then a few imaginary islands and the title of the book Swimming Between Islands is um so the last poem in the book is called Swimming Between Islands and that is more about imaginary islands, but inspired by other Scandinavian and Scottish islands I've been to. Um, And islands just sort of form kind of a a chain, like a linking chain throughout the book, but there are lots of other poems about other non-island things in it as well. So There are are a lot of eggs in there. (laughs) Yep, there's a lot of eggs. Well, and wasn't a lot of eggs. I might ask you to read an egg poem. There are quite a few, and I was intrigued by that. And in a way, eggs are like islands, aren't they? They're yeah. sort of self-contained yeah. sort of units. Um, but also, I really like looking at the book. I always like books of poetry, collections of poetry, where there's lots of white space. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is lots of white space in this book. Um, and I, it's almost, you know, there are, the, the, yeah, the words... A kind of islands with lots of white space swimming swimming around in them. I'm probably extending this a little too far, but it, it does occur to me now as we speak. Well, I kind of have noticed that myself in that I think the shorter poems are are the island poems, and then the poems that are set on land, like the poems about Russia, are much more are much longer and more kind of expansive. Mm. And I don't know if that does actually like the form kind of ends up fitting the the feel and the atmosphere and the subject matter because. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I tend to like shorter poems rather than longer poems. I like reading them and I like writing them. Um, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, but you'd have yeah, Russia. You wouldn't if you're writing about Russia. You'd have to write a big long poem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big continent of a poem. Exactly. Lots, lots of pages. detail. Lots of crazy stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely. Read, read us, read us another one, please, if you would. Yeah, mind. I will. Um, which one was I going to read next? I've helpfully numbered. Oh, yes, so given that we've just been talking about islands, I thought I should read one of the island poems. Um, So this one's called Fata Morgana. And a Fata Morgana is a type of mirage that you get when you're out at sea that um, it occurs when there's a different temperature between the sky and the sea. Mm -hmm. I don't exactly know the physics of it. It's to do with light bending. Um, 
And so I saw one of these when I was on my way to the Lofoten Islands um, and I wrote a poem about it. Fata Morgana Water has caught this place. Rivers split and trap houses, so they're swimming next to barnacled cars as cod leap up to line roofs. Salt crusts everything. The grass crackles with it. Kittywake's nest on the windowsills, painted red to match their tongues, and girls' hair is brown and shiny as seaweed. Their boats hover just above the harbour, everything made of unreachable light. Yeah, lovely. I mean, how, when you when you were in the Lofoten Islands and you decided, rather than paint, but to write poems, did you did you immediately think, ah, oh, I found a way of doing this? Was it an instant kind of um, a customization to writing poetry, or did you have to? Was it longer than that? No, it definitely took longer. So I've always loved reading poetry um, ever since I was a child because my mum is a big poetry reader and she got me into it. But I found the idea of write. It never occurred to me to write it for a really long time. Um, and I think when you see a poem published on a page in a book, especially if it's by dead poets who are very revered, then it's just a little bit intimidating. You can't think, like, you just think, how would I go about doing that myself? So although I was filling notebooks while I was travelling, I didn't really know how to construct a poem or how you'd start, really. I was kind of obsessed with the idea of how do you know what the first line is? Like, I just couldn't work out how poets decided what the first line was. Um, but then, about I think it was the same year that I went to Norway, um, I went with my mum to the, the Albra Poetry Festival, and it was an amazing lineup of poets who were then at the beginning of their careers. So there was, because so, it was around 2013 or 14, it was Andrew Macmillan, Helen Mort, Emily Berry... Um, who else was there? Leontia Flynn, Jen Campbell, Christian Campbell. It was a very good lineup, um, and it was people who were sort of my age, and they were at the beginning of their careers, and they would stand. They were standing on stage and explaining where the poems came from and how they wrote them, and they even had like a masterclass where the poets would bring one of their poems, and someone would take it apart on stage, and I just sort of started to see how somebody like me just a normal person who I don't know I because I hadn't studied creative writing or anything just it kind of showed me how you might go about writing a poem and it kind of started from there um I did an online course with the poetry school um and I just did some seminars with Anthony Dunn he he's a lovely guy lovely chap and a good poet yeah um and his feedback was incredibly helpful during these poetry school seminars um so yeah it was obviously, yeah, a lot of work. I didn't just decide, well, oh, I can write poems now. <laughs> so um, in terms of, yeah, I was just going to say there are, there's a series of poems I really like, which particularly, which are those what little girls are made of. Mm -hmm. So tell us about those and maybe could you read one or two? Yeah, of course. So um, <coughs> those also came about sort of towards the end of when I was putting the book together and deciding on the order of the poems. Um, there, in my pamphlet, there is a poem called What Little Girls Are Made Of, but it's, uh, I think it's one long poem. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Don't worry. And so it was, it was actually John McAuliffe at Carcanet, he was editing the book with me, um, and he suggested that it's a good idea to have 
some kind of like to have a, a spine of poems running through the book to kind of not to break it up as such just to sort of I don't know connect things so I place them at strategic intervals and each of those little poems is meant to kind of introduce a new section or a new mood in the book so shall I read the first one does that make sense yeah yeah the first one's probably actually the long no no it's not the longest one okay this is what little girls are made of one she peels shells from flower pots waits till they unfurl and presses each cool body to her skin Her mother calls. She leaves with snails suckered to her legs like kisses. Yeah, really lovely. Yeah, I've really very much enjoyed that. Got another one? Yep, I do. (laughs) You know where they are. And then we'll have some music. That that one is, that's a true story. I did used to freak out the neighbours by sticking snails all over my legs when I was a child. Well, it had a a ring of truth about it. Some some things do, you know, you just think, no, you wouldn't make that up. Just trying to find the next one. Ah, well, no, let's read not the next one. Let's read the third one. What little girls are made of three. A green itch. She pinches little wings, then plucks a leg. A glass bead grows in its place, the way some weeds she picks confess white sap. More cluster round a rose. She is making lines of limbless flies. Ants leave a trickle of red down her thigh. Great stuff. Yeah, I love the confess white saps. Beautiful. Well, we're talking to Charlotte Eichler, the poet, who's got a first collection out, Swimming Between Islands with Carcanet. And, um, yeah, you've, we always ask people to choose a couple of pieces of music or sound that relates to the work that you're doing or to your life more generally so you've chosen a track by Cosmo Sheldrake tell us about that yeah I um so it's called Come Along and I only discovered it recently I would say it's my current favorite song it just has this really feral energy about and it's the lyrics are all about getting back to nature running away in the forest um you know living close to the ground and I don't know, I discovered it after I'd written a poem that's in this book called Goblin Core and I wrote the poem before I heard the book but then I heard I heard the book, heard the song and then I heard the song and just thought like that song really captures the exact atmosphere and energy that I was trying to create in Goblin Core. Um, yeah, that's why, basically. Well, we could hear the poem after the track. Was yeah. that the right order? Ooh. I think so. We'll go for it. Get you gone now, have some fun Don't be long for the air 
Specimen, cuddle up with a hesitant skeleton. We'll break our fast with friends. Once we're fed, we shall disappear rapidly. Many moons to the west of here and happily. Our journey never ends. Shut your ears when sirens sing. Up and you won't go wrong again. Float along on the first the song and then get to where the two ends meet. Come, 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 come along now. Run away from the humdrum. We'll go to a place that is safe from greed, anger, and boredom. We'll dance and sing till sundown and feast with abandon. We'll sleep when the morning comes and we'll rise by the sound of the bird song. So you're listening to Love the Words on East Leeds FM at Chapel FM Arts Centre. We're talking to the poet Charlotte Eichler about Swimming Between Islands, her debut collection of poetry. And we've been hearing some poems uh, from the collection and we just heard a track that she chose by Cosmo Sheldrake called Come Along. And now we're going to hear the poem that you, that Charlotte feels is, or that you feel, Charlotte, is has some sort of resonance mm. with the music. Yeah. The poem's called Goblin Core. Um, I don't know if you... I'll just talk a little bit about the title because um, it was last year, I think, the Oxford Dictionary chose Goblin Mode as their word of the year, which a lot of people said, oh, never even heard of that. 
and your face is telling me that you also. <laughs> Elliot probably has. Is it to do with games? Uh, not no. really. It's no, like... he's <laughs> it's, it's basically everybody in lockdown decided that um, being smart, wearing smart clothes, um, you know, trying trying hard was a waste of time, and we should all just be goblins and chill out and you know collect things <laughs> like goblins do. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird internet phenomenon. Okay, go and on, I discovered it. I'm going to write that on. down. <laughs> goblin mode is that one word? Yeah. Well, no, goblin mode is two words, and then goblin core is it's that's, one word. That's the right. internet aesthetic. Okay. I mean, Google Ellie it. Ali can tell me about it later. He, he's, he's my connection to kind of <laughs> the modern world, really. <laughs> <laughs> go for it, Charlotte. Goblin core. We knew we went right under our clothes. Our tiny wings, our fur. We practised eye contact on frog spawn at the bottom of the garden. There were hens and eggs lying under bushes in their shamble nests. The bubbled panes of glare between our fingers. The yolk, a golden toad on your palm. We've grown to like our faces wild, our chin spikes, our cobby goblin bodies. We love grass stains, the taste of green as you split a blade and owl it. We live life close to the ground, crouched and smoky, sharing each other's illnesses, taking them on like charms. Eggs broken morning, eggs freckled skin. It's always summer with the warm bodies of our hens and sisters. On winter days, your tongue's a nice lolly in my mouth. We wake with hair like frozen twigs and kick through the windows of puddles. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, and uh, it does what poetry does, which is to put words together that have perhaps have never been put together before, like crouched and smoky, which is great. <laughs> I love that. But... Um, yeah, and, and so much yeah, unexpected, so many unexpected moments in it. But tell us about Goblin, what's it called again? Goblin? Uh, well, Goblin, Goblin Core. Core. Goblin Core is the, uh, the title of the poem and generally the aesthetic that, well... Well, there's Goblin the, Mode, it's a Goblin Core. Yeah. The internet's weird. It comes up with weird phrases and... Um, I'm struggling to explain. <laughs> okay. Well, don't, you don't need to explain. Some things don't need to be explained, especially in poetry. But I, I very much enjoy that. And it's got eggs in it. And there there are yeah. quite a few. Yeah, tell us about all the eggs in, in this collection. This is, it was fairly unconscious. Um, and I didn't realise until somebody pointed it out to me that there's loads of eggs in my poems. In fact, when, so it was the poet Laura Scott who has got, um, like, her ke- second collection is coming out at the same time as mine with Carcanet, um, and we're going to hopefully launch our books at the same time. But she wrote um, a blog post about my poems that were in New Poetries 8, which is an anthology that Carcanet published last two years ago. Um, and she, in that blog post, she picked out that there's eggs all throughout the poems and in just loads of eggs in the book and I'd never noticed myself and so I actually wrote this wrote Goblin Core after she told me that I was obsessed with eggs because I didn't realise until then so that's why there are so many eggs in this poem um (laughs) I love eating eggs I eat eat eggs all the time um I don't know why they particularly appear in my poems they're a very pleasing shape I suppose they're I don't know I guess they're obviously a fertility symbol but there's a distinct lack of children and babies in this book. There's um, porcelain eggs as well somewhere. Yeah, yeah, there are. Um, I wrote that after there was um, 
I'm going to forget, I forget the name of the artist, but it was in the Leeds Art Gallery. There was a exhibition of somebody who'd made um, just thousands and thousands of porcelain eggs and they're incredibly accurate, like true to life. And they'd filled this room with them. Um, and I don't know why they did that. They were mostly, um, they were against, I wish I could remember the name, maybe um, I will later. Um, I think it was to do with egg collecting um, and because people used to collect rare birds' eggs and then mm. obviously that's a terrible idea um, and this exhibition was about that. Exhibition, sorry, that's how I Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what that poem is <laughs> about. From bad, bad puns. But yeah, no, there are a lot of it. It's, it's interesting that you, that you weren't conscious of that and mm. yet it seemed to me so deliberate it's, that's a fascinating thing in writing sometimes isn't it because i mean all your poems are so precise and the words are so, i mean i can tell are so carefully chosen and you're so conscious of of those choices and yet something's working underneath mm. to produce these images which of which kind of you know when you look at the collection you're kind of unconscious of those of those recurrent uh, yeah. references yeah yeah so, and I, I think when you come to put a book together as well you don't you sort of start off thinking, well, there's no, what on earth could be the relationship between all these poems apart from the fact that I wrote them because this book's got 10 years worth of poems in it. Yeah. Um, and I thought, um, like, how am I going to order it to create a cohesive collection? Mm. But actually, I think, um, yeah, you just find these, the ways, the different ways that the poems talk to each other and the images that recur. And everyone's obviously just got this landscape inside their head with the same reference points that just keep coming back and back for some reason like eggs and birds and islands <laughs> <laughs> in terms of places um before we hear another poem uh, obviously there's scotland and there's um the Lofoten islands are they in norway yeah yeah and there's russia and mm -hmm. and Leeds. I mean, what's mm -hmm. your connection with Leeds? Is I mean, you 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 said that you work at Leeds University, but um, you know, is 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 uh, is is your connection with Leeds historic, or is it? Uh... It's well, not really. I grew up in Hertfordshire, um, so I ended up in Leeds because I got this job at the university because um, I studied uh, Norse and Viking studies at Nottingham, and um, along with Russian and this job came up at Leeds University with the International Medieval Bibliography and I thought there's, there's not going to be many jobs that need Russian and a postgraduate degree in medieval studies. I should probably go for that job. And I did and I got it and then my husband um, got a job at Ferrybridge Power Station and so we ended up living near Weatherby. Um, so yeah, that's my connection with Leeds. It's not really historical or family um, apart from the fact that I very much like living in Yorkshire and we're we're definitely settled here now. We've been here 13 years. Um, yeah. And so Leeds appears in the book because I do a lot of walking around Leeds and the Yorkshire Dales and Moors. And this is my this is my uh, moment to 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 uh, plug the fact that we're actually hosting a play about Ferrybridge Power Station in a few oh. weeks' time called Blowdown. Oh. 
It's about the building of Ferry Bridge. I think it's Ferry Bridge. It's by Gary Lyons, who was on Radio 4 talking about it the other day, and uh, it's on as part of Leeds Lit Fest on March the 4th. So do, yeah, do go on the website, Charlotte, and buy a ticket or two. And oh. bring, bring your husband. Oh, yeah. Well, he'll definitely be interested because that's where he works. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, you might even have been in- interviewed for the project and you didn't know. But yes, it's all kind of based on the verbatim testimony of people who built... Uh, um, built the power station. I hope I'm right about this. I hope it is Ferry Bridge. If it's not, no, it is. It is. <laughs> um, read us another poem, if you would. Yes, I shall. Um, let's see. Okay, since we're talking about Leeds, I'm going to read a poem that it doesn't actually have anything to do with Leeds, but I wrote it when I was on the workshop that was run by Ian Harker and Andrew Lambeth, who the editors of Strix magazine, which is a gorgeous print magazine produced in Leeds. Um, I think they've just had an open submissions period, so there'll be a new issue of that coming out soon. But they run a brilliant workshop, and uh, workshops, I'm not usually very productive in them, but there was something about this one that just was, I don't know, it just worked for me, and this poem kind of came out almost fully formed in that workshop. So... I sent it to Strix and it was published in Strix and I thought I would read it now. Oh, it's called Kephalophores and Kephalophores are a type of saint that in the Middle Ages were depicted in pictures carrying their own heads because when they were beheaded. Oh, I really like this one. (laughs) Kephalophores. My favourite type of saint is carrying his head. He's not too attached to it, offers it to anyone who asks. Take his head from him, and his body wanders happily through gardens, feeling the colours of flowers, the grass between his toes. He can't speak, but the ivy is covered in commas. If he stands still long enough, they settle on him like the gaps between clouds. Meanwhile, his head is all mine, someone to talk to on the bedside table, someone to tell me to buy bleach and birthday gifts. A second head, though, can make you unsure of your own. I give his back, and he takes it gratefully, preparing always to swap his head for Sky and pass it on. Yeah, great stuff. And yes, yeah, absolutely loved it. It's a lovely poem, and and very characteristic of the of the whole collection, I think, which is always surprising. And you think could only have come out of one head. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, we're going to have to finish in a minute, Charlotte. But thank you ever so much for coming on. How, how do you how do you um, how do you get hold of the book when it comes out? At the moment, we're talking. At the moment, it's early February. It's come out later in the month. You might be hearing this after it's come out. But where would we be able to to buy it? Um, so the best place to buy it is probably directly from Carcanet's website, especially this month, because so it's due out on the twenty third of February. Um, and I think in publication month they always have 20% off the um, the books that they're publishing that month, so yep. that is a good place to get it, but um, it'll be on other book websites generally, and yeah. And are you happy with it? I am happy with it. Um, this is the first time I've read from it, so I feel sort of like I'm reconnecting with it now. It's mm. I only got the physical copies a week or two ago, um, and it's a bit surreal when you actually mm. see a book. Uh, in person, as it were. Yeah. So yeah. And it's and Carcanet too. I mean, congratulations! It's a, a real achievement, and you know, best of luck with the book. Thank you very much. I hope it shells shells in said loads. Can't <laughs> speak. It's too late in the day. But 
but yeah, it deserves as poetry doesn't really sell in shed loads, but I hope this one uh, in poetry terms does. Um, you've got one more um, track for us, so if you, perhaps oh. you could tell us what that is. That is a song by Kaleo, who are an Icelandic band. The song is called Four i Fagleskoi, uh, which means um, spring in Fagleskoia, which is a forest in Iceland. Um, and I just chose it because it kind of it's in Icelandic, but they're singing about going camping in the forest in Iceland, and it's all about how beautiful the Icelandic landscape is. And I just felt like it captures some of the atmosphere of what I'm trying to do with the book. Thanks ever so much for coming on Love the Word, Charlotte. And Thank you very uh, much for having me. See you again soon. Yeah. Good. 
Love the cases, love the clauses, love the adverbs and the antecedents, love the words, from ELFM. Number. 